Are you feeling stuck? Are you searching for purpose and a more fulfilling life? Are you looking for inspiration and encouragement? Then this is the place for you. I'm Brooke Moore. I'm Gretchen Jackson. I'm Kelly Strother. I'm Tharwit Lovett. We are Shifter. In this podcast, we will address all things mindset. You will hear real stories from real women who have faced their fears, crushed their limiting beliefs, and have turned their mess into their message by shifting their mindsets and leveling up in business and life. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on the Shift Her podcast. We're so happy you tuned in. I'm Kelly Strother, and it's a special treat for me today to interview Brooke Moore. We're co-founders in Shifter, but I also am quite lucky to have gotten to go behind the scenes with Brooke for quite some time now. We met when our kids were little in the mom group, and you're going to hear all about how Brooke is a badass at her business, but what you may not know, and I'm here to tell you about, is how big her heart is for helping others. I personally always felt like an outsider, just kind of didn't fit in or belong just kind of part of my story, but especially in the mom group, I did feel that way. And Brooke was so amazing at just helping me tear down those walls and really built a beautiful friendship together that I am very grateful for. That has been a a big part of my life over these years. We've gotten to lead Bible studies together. We co-chaired our kids fifth grade sea camp trip and have had all kinds of fun in between. And so she was a big part of pulling me into the mastermind work. And I am so thankful for that. It has been life-changing. So let's get to know Brooke. She is the founder of MyVirtual.Lawyer, an online law firm model providing flat fee and subscription-based unbundled legal services to individuals and small businesses. After establishing the MBL brand in Arkansas, she co-founded MBL Licensing, a company provided courses, and partnership opportunities to attorneys to help them build their own virtual law practices. She has also leveraged her experience in the law and life to co-found Shifter, a unique mindset-centric mastermind model created by women for women to collaboratively level up in business and life. So Brooke, let's talk about some of the challenges you may have overcome in life that kind of got you to where you are today. Yeah, I'm super excited to be doing this with Kelly today. Like she said, we go way back. Um, she actually knew me prior to all of this uh, mindset work and this journey that I've gone down the last several years. So she is correct. I did very much make her be my friend and I'm super glad it worked out for both of us. So uh, yes, there's a mutual love. I am a single mom of three kids. I actually was divorced earlier this year, um, which is part of my story. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. But Like she said, I am an entrepreneur at heart. I have uh, two businesses in addition to Shift Her, and I am kind of the weirdo of the bunch. So uh, (laughs) that's a little bit about me. I grew up in a north central Arkansas in Batesville, and I am a transplant like Kelly here to North Little Rock. So it's very nice to, in my adult life, have found some of these deep, genuine connections that I have. I'm very grateful. Love to hear that. So let's, um, I know that you are often talking in our Shift Our community about how this mindset work we've been through has really helped you with some personal struggles. Can you maybe elaborate on some of those with us? Sure. Yeah. Um, So a few years ago, probably about six years ago, I came to a point um, I was practicing law and uh, it was not fulfilling for me. I had three small children. Uh, My husband at the time was in the military. 
uh, he had done deployments and he was gone a lot. And so, uh, and during my, my time in law school, he was gone a lot. So we had become accustomed to this uh, lifestyle. I was essentially a single mom at that time. And it really pushed me to a point where I was trying to find some balance. I wanted to spend time with my kids. I didn't want to miss out on that. And I also um, wanted to be the best attorney that I could be. And I was trying to learn things and really trying to live up to what I was supposed to be and who I thought I was supposed to be and what I was supposed to be doing. And so it essentially pushed me to the point uh, that I basically had a breakdown. I had gained uh, 60 pounds. I was very, very depressed uh, at the time. And I also was just overwhelmed. I had tons of anxiety. I um, just struggled so hard feeling like I was not being my best for my kids, for myself, uh, for work. I just could never catch up and I couldn't even, uh, couldn't be that person. I was hospitalized several times for stroke level blood pressure. Uh, I still take blood pressure medicine to this day um, as a result of the stress because stress puts so much damage and does so much damage to your body. Uh, so I got to a point where I recognized that I couldn't go on. I mean, it was almost, I'm kind of stubborn. So it was almost, I'm being forced to this point that I have to change something. I have to make a change. And I actually walked away from uh, my corporate legal job. I decided, you know, this is not fulfilling. I don't know what I'm going to do. I didn't even know if I was going to practice law again. Uh, it was very difficult to, you know, balance, but I knew that I was not there for my kids the way I wanted to be. And I wasn't there for myself. So that was the first thing I did. I walked away from that job. Uh, and then I spent time instead of spending time with my kids, I was trying to figure out my purpose. What was my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Uh, and that was also stressful because I couldn't concentrate on my kids because I was worried about my purpose. And so, uh, during that time I read something, I can't remember where it was. I read something that said, um, you know, don't, focus on finding your purpose, focus on serving a purpose and your purpose will serve you. And so that was very profound for me. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to try to do things that I enjoy, do things, you know, for others and figure out along the way who I am and what I want to do. Because, you know, after years of raising kids, as women, especially, we tend to sometimes lose ourselves in the busyness and lose ourselves, our self-identity even. And so I was kind of trying to navigate that. So I ended up uh, starting my virtual law firm, which ended up uh, being successful. It was really just kind of a, a test project for me. Like, hopefully this works for other people because it works for my life. But it ended up being kind of a win-win for myself and for clients also. And so um, I'm still doing that today. But you know, once I figured out it wasn't necessarily just career stuff that was unfulfilling, kind of had to turn internally, like what else is it that I'm struggling with? And uh, I was married for 15 years. We were together 18 years. We were, uh, we got divorced earlier this year, but um, for probably the last three years, I, I really realized how unhealthy the relationship was for me, for the kids, for my ex-husband, but I didn't know what to do with that information because I I was stuck with some limiting beliefs um, and also a sense of obligation, a little bit of, you know, feeling like a failure. Like, why can't I make this work? And I just didn't understand what was going on. And so, you know, I kind of started that process about three years ago. Kelly, Kelly was there with me all along. I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but whenever uh, we, Gretchen came to me and said, Hey, let's, let's do this mastermind and let's all get together. And um, this is, 
you know, what we're going to do. I, I was at my darkest place when that happened. And I was at the point, and it's really emotional for me to talk about it sometimes because I was at the point where I was in self-protection mode. So I was totally disconnected in a very unhealthy way from everything and everyone because it, I felt like that was the only way that I could survive every single day was just, you know, just to shut down. And so, I mean, I, I felt terrible. I couldn't even really connect with my kids the way I wanted to. I, I just couldn't find that joy. I felt hopeless. Like I couldn't, you know, get back to that. And so I started reading books uh, with Gretchen and then she invited me to the mastermind and said, Hey, let, let's start this. Let's find some people. And, you know, once I started doing that work, it was just a game changer because I, I was at that point where I knew like, it's either I'm going to succumb to this or I'm going to overcome this and I don't want to give up. You know, I don't want to believe these negative thoughts that are consuming me. Uh, so I started walking through that process. And as I did that, I kind of found myself. I learned more about myself, who I was, what I wanted. And I also recognized, you know, it shined a light. When you start doing this work, it shines a light on the dark parts of you and the things that you need to look at inside of yourself to work through. And so, you know, it really gave me the strength to do what I knew I needed to do. Um, it gave me the strength to navigate my divorce um, and to be able to come out on the other side. And, you know, even though we couldn't make it work together, we co-parent very well. And a lot of that, I think, is because of the mindset work that I've done here. And then, you know, in doing this work, I, you know, we're continuing to do this work. We don't, it's not like we have peaked and we're going to hop on here and, and talk to you and tell you, you know, that we are, we have arrived and you should be like us. We're constantly doing the work. We're constantly finding out new things about ourselves. And so I, I go to therapy and I, you know, talk about things and there's always something, you know, new that I'm trying to navigate or unfold. It's like reading a book, you know, there's a, here's my new chapter and, you know, they're exciting new things. But um, one thing that I have realized that I didn't even recognize about myself um, when I was 16, I had a really tragic loss. Um, my high school boyfriend was killed in a car accident and I'm about to cry on the earth. Anyways, so he passed away in a car accident and I didn't realize how that impacted me. You don't have to get me a tissue going. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking. But anyways, I didn't realize how badly that impacted me because I had to be strong. Like I want to be strong for his family. I want to be strong for his friends and for, for me. And so I kind of took on that role, like as that person. And I carried that through to like adulthood. Like I wanted to make everything okay. So, and I realized that sometimes I'm doing a disservice to people because sometimes you need to be uncomfortable so that you can grow. And so I was, you know, in this place where I want to make people laugh and I want to make them happy. And, but a lot of that stemmed from me feeling like that's my role. That's my job. So I, you know, I kind of tucked down my grief and I didn't know that's what I had done. And also, uh, you know, part of that for me too, you know, I feel really unlucky in love just in general. And, you know, part of that is because, uh, you know, I feel like I'm not worthy or not necessarily enough. Um, and I have, you know, issues with abandonment um, that, that go way back that I didn't even realize to that young relationship that I have and uh, I had with him. And um, a lot of that is because I felt like, okay, if God can take this person to me, like, I'm very grateful that I had him. But if God can take this person from me, then, you know, 
uh, obviously, you know, I, I don't deserve this. Like I don't deserve somebody. And so I had told myself at a young age of 16 that I did not, you know, that I was not ever going to find anybody as good as he was, that that was my person. And that I, you know, I was just going to have to live the rest of my life just without that depth of connection. And so it's very, it's been very hard for me in my adult life um, because I've subconsciously brought that in to my other relationships. So it's been very hard for me in my adult life to connect on the level that I really want to connect with anybody, even in relationships with, you know, friendships, there's um, like an invisible barrier there that I don't really have any control over. So, you know, again, you'd start doing this work and you see all the dark parts of you. Um, and I think sometimes that scares people off and, and people turn away or they, you know, fall into it. And so um, part of what I've learned going through all this is that I have to, you know, feel it, feel all that I feel very deeply, feel all the things, process them, grieve through them because it's so much easier on the other side. And it's so much healthier Um, When you do it that way, because you can more easily, you know, disconnect, but not disconnect from your whole world. And so, you know, I've come so far just doing this work in this short period of time. I mean, I could probably talk all day about it, but those are those are the biggest struggles that have kind of gotten me where I am today. Also, I did not mean to make myself cry. (laughs) Brooke, you're amazing. Thank you so much for opening up and, and sharing those things with us. I think one of the things you and I connected with early on is dealing with traumas before we were really uh, old enough or maybe emotionally old enough to handle them. And as you and I have talked about before, we get in, we become moms, we become wives, and we get into this pattern of what we're supposed to do. And I know you talk about how you just kind of got to a point where you realized that was not serving your purpose. You want to expand a little bit on on deciding to ditch those supposed tos. Yeah. And I think Part of it too is, uh, like I said, I get to the point where I just, I'm so stubborn and I have to get to the point where I just can't take it anymore. And then it's like, well, it's a necessity for self-preservation for me uh, to handle this a certain way. And so, uh, you know, when I talk about the supposed to, because I talk about that a lot, you know, for me, it's societal norms, you know, pressures, things that you think that you're supposed to do how you're supposed to act, what you're supposed to be. And so, you know, I obviously, you know, want people to be pleased with me. Um, I want, you know, to make people comfortable. And so I spent a lot of my life, you know, doing things in the order that I was, you know, told that I was supposed to do it. You, you know, have kids at a certain time and you get married and then, you know, you go to college, you do all these things a certain way. Um, you know, and then I, I start my career and, and this is how you climb the ladder. And, you know, it really wasn't me and it didn't feel good. And so I got to that breakdown point that I talked about and realized that, you know, this is kind of eye-opening for me. Like, I don't know where I go or how I use this information, but all I know is I really want to be authentic to me and this does not feel authentic to me. So I need to, you know, ditch these supposed tos and, and do me. And so ever since I've started embracing that, you know, wonderful things have come into my life and I feel more aligned. I feel more fulfilled. Um, and I just, I feel like I found me again. And I love that phrase. Just do me. You know, we tend to beat ourselves up and think that the doing me or serving me is selfish. But in, in fact, it's when we uncover that truth about ourselves and really feel like ourselves again, we can fully serve our families, our friends, our loved ones, because we can bring our, our best self to the table. Um, I've heard you describe 
this kind of shift in your life as rewriting your own narrative? I know not all of us are familiar with narratives in general. Can you kind of describe to us, you know, what that is about finding out and defining your narrative and then what caused you to need to rewrite the script? Right. So, you know, along with those supposed tos, um, we kind of subconsciously let people tell us, you know, who we are along the way. And we take those things and we internalize those things. And so I feel like I had a lifetime of collecting other people's thoughts, opinions, you know, desires, or even, you know, what they expected, their expectations of me. But it wasn't all necessarily in alignment with me. So then I was living this and I could never live up to it because this wasn't my narrative. This was something someone else had written for me. And so uh, it's really, really important for you, you know, to recognize and own your own story and then, you know, take the time to decide who you want to be and who you are. You do not have to be who somebody else tells you that you have to be. And so a lot of the last couple of years of me, you know, on this mindset journey has been rediscovering who I am. And it's also been deciding who I want to be and living toward that. Um, One thing it's small, but I have my whole life been like, I'm not a morning person because I like my sleep. But the only time I can work out, which is something that is very important to me now, because self-care is important, is in the morning, in early morning hours. And so I get up and I do it anyways. And so I decided I want to be a morning person. And now it's easy for me to get up in, in the morning time. And so, you know, it's just as simple as deciding that's who we want to be or what we want to do and doing it. We can create those thoughts and create those things. We just um, have to kind of take control of our own narrative and don't be afraid to be who you are and the right people will love you for that. And if they don't, then they're not the right people for you. That's awesome. Way to phrase that for all of us. Um, Another thing that I, I think people don't realize we cover in mindset work is also dealing with money. You know, we've got fears about how we talk to ourselves, about what overcoming traumas have maybe us into, but we um, often have fears related to money, telling ourselves that there's never going to be enough, or we just don't deserve enough, or we're never going to be able to work hard enough to get the money we need. Um, And the money mindset change has been a big shift for you, Brooke, I know, especially the timing of um, your divorce and COVID hitting basically right after all of that happened. COVID was a, a big inducer of fear for money for many of us. How have you seen that mindset shift affect you in that area? You know, growing up, my parents always gave us, you know, we were middle class and they always gave us what they could uh, and always instilled in me that that we're going to have enough. And I always did. I thought I'm always going to have enough. And I never really wanted, I was always taken care of. And that kind of carried through into my adult life. Um, And in my marriage money, you know, like a lot of people's marriages, that's kind of a touchy subject. And uh, we really weren't on the same page with that. So that was difficult to navigate. But I also felt like uh, he didn't understand me as an entrepreneur. And so sometimes the money side of things uh, is difficult. So I had this messed up view of money. And in in general, like it was just an avoider in my marriage. Sometimes I wouldn't even go look at the bank account. Like that's how bad it was because I didn't want to know. It just gave me anxiety. Um, And I always felt like, yeah, I'm going to have enough. I'm going to get by. But, you know, here are all my big dreams. And, you know, they're just not realistic. I don't see how I'm going to be able to get there. But, you know, through this process, I 
realized, you know, I've got to have that faith and put that faith out there. I got my divorce. And then like Kelly said, the day that the schools closed down was the day that my divorce was finalized. So then my kids uh, came home and I had to homeschool them and I had just moved and I was newly divorced and, you know, had one income um, business at the law firm was just null. Nothing happened for two months. uh, And for whatever reason, I was not panicked at all. I just knew I'm going to have more than enough. I just thoughts become things. And I just kept putting it out there. I'm going to have more than enough. And, you know, when I was moving, all the things kind of came into place. Uh, I actually, my mastermind group wasn't aware, but I was going through picking up McDonald's and I was sitting in the drive through and it was my first night at my new house. I still had some furniture to move and I, I was going through the drive through and it was the first time in the whole, you know, experience that I had slowed down and had time to think about, I am really on my own now. And I had a brief moment of panic that like, oh my gosh, like, what if I can't make it? What if I don't have money? <laughs> and Gretchen texted me and said, check your Venmo. And, you know, they had no idea. Well, they had all like pulled together and like made a little, a little money gift to me. And it covered my moving expenses that I didn't realize I was going to have to have because um, I wasn't able to get the help that I needed for some of my bigger furniture and a couple of the other things. And it, you know, just, it was perfect timing. I was literally crying in the drive-thru at McDonald's. The lady was looking at me like I was crazy when I was paying, but you know, just things like that just kept happening and they're not happening by coincidence. You know, they're happening because those are things that, you know, I'm manifesting and I've got these, you know, people around me that are supportive. And so I felt supported even when I felt completely alone through this entire process. And in my goal by the end of this year was to pay off all my debt by the end of the year. And when COVID hit, I thought, Oh my gosh, that is not going to happen. I'm not gonna be able to do that. And not only I paid off my car early, I bought myself a new car that I'm going to be able to give my son in a year when he starts driving. I um, paid off all of my debt uh, minus a couple things that I am about a month away from paying off. And uh, you know, I never had to defer anything during, you know, COVID even rent anything. And so I just made that decision that I was going to be debt free by the end of this year. And it just came flooding in. And so, you know, not only just knowing we can know, you know, that these things will happen and we can, do all the things. But once you start believing, it's basically magic because it's just validation over and over again that you're on the right path. That's amazing. It just kind of gives me chills thinking about that. It is, it is so amazing what it can do when you really just open yourself up to trust and believing in the creative solutions and just stop worrying about the how and why. Um, It sounds so much easier than it seems, but we really do focus on being so intentional with the tools to set you up in this mindset work so that you can really focus your mind and shift into those sort of beliefs and expectations that the good is going to come. Um, And I think another thing you and I have both gained a lot on is one of the, the key points that we learned about not taking things personal. And again, something that sounds so simple, but so life changing. How has this really impacted you? 
Right. That was really important um, for me to not only know intellectually, but to believe and internalize. Um, And it's been one of the most profound things for me is to truly recognize and accept that nothing is personal. And so um, I've noticed it has led me, again, not only with money, I'm I'm a voider in general. I don't like people to be uncomfortable. And so um, it has given me kind of the perspective and the courage to have hard conversations, uh, to cut off toxic relationships, to be in situations and not internalize it. Just in the last, you know, few weeks, I've been in two situations where, you know, it was very difficult for me, very emotional for me, but, you know, I was able to step back and separate that out. And when you do that, not only you know, are you able to process those things in a healthy way, but you're also able to look at that person that you're dealing with or that situation. And, you know, with that person, you may even feel sorry for them or you just understand them. So it's very difficult for me at this point to really even get mad at people because, you know, I can be upset. I can be frustrated. I can be disappointed, but I I understand them, whether I agree with it or not. I know where they're coming from. Um, and, And it's kind of about seeing the other person. And, you know, that's kind of where I've, I've gotten. And also, um, you know, in situations, I, I don't be like, oh, this just happened and it's going to ruin my whole day. If things happen, I look for the lessons. I look for the lessons. I'm looking for the love. I'm letting all the other things go and I'm just staying in the flow. And when you stay in the flow like that, it feels so good. And it, it's just such a positive experience, you know, because we we cannot control external things. We cannot control what people do. We cannot control necessarily all the things that happen, but what we can control is ourselves and we can control how we respond to those things and it can change your whole life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that letting yourself go, some of those negative emotions allows you to, you know, appreciate and love others, even in hard situations. Um, But it also can be a form of our own self care, you know, we do talk about self-care a lot. And I know that that's, that's been very fun for me to get to see you come through some of these breakthroughs and get to finally do some self-care practices that I think you've been missing out on for some of these years. So how, how has that helped you? Oh, for sure. Self-care is so important. Um, and, you know, it's not all, you know, kids at a babysitter and bubble baths, you know, it's very holistic for me. There are things that I do that are non-negotiables. I feel like I have my shit together if my nails are painted. And so that is not anything I ever indulge in. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to go do that. I can, you know, do this for the kids or whatever, but it's getting to that place. Again, it's a money mindset limitation getting to that place. Well, I can do both. And so um, that's kind of a non-negotiable for me. I like to go do that. I treat myself there, but I also recognize the value, you know, of my time and my energy. And so I spend a lot of time, you know, outsourcing not only my business, um, my businesses, I outsource personally. I have someone that cleans my house. I have people that, you know, do my yard. I have a fitness coach that helps coach me on, you know, exercise and meal planning. And so I find that, and, and, and also I go, like I mentioned earlier, I go to a life coach and do therapy and all of those things make me better for the people who need me and for myself, but they are so important. It's so important to take care of you because I think too often we put ourselves, especially as women, we put ourselves last because, you know, either we have been taught or we think that it's selfish. It's selfish to do things for yourself. But 
I show up way more for my people now than I ever did when I was being frugal, when I wasn't taking care of me, um, because you do, you burn out, uh, and, and you struggle. So there's such good things to point out about for sure in that realm. I know you and I, you know, some time ago went through a, a Bible study with a book called the best yes and learned sometimes your best yes is a no. And we are definitely guilty as women of feeling like we need to please all the people and keep all the people happy and certainly say yes to way more than we should sometimes when it in turn is going to take away from maybe our job or our family or our own self-care. And so I'm so glad that you brought all those things up. It has again been just such a treat and joy for me to get to interview you, Brooke. And of course, I'm going to end us off with our three questions we'd love to ask. So let's start off with um, what is the best book you've ever read and why? My favorite book, there are so many of them, but my favorite book is um, that I've read to date is uh, Reality Unveiled. I actually read it with a friend of mine. And uh, so it was fun comparing notes, but I really like it because it combines kind of the woo, the law of attraction. There's a lot of um, very I like to know the why behind things. So it has the science piece. It's also a little sci-fi. There's some alien stuff in there. It's not a, it's not a nonfiction, but um, it's a self-help book, but it really um, makes you think in it. It really, um, you know, opened my eyes to a lot of things, even though I had already been well into this self-development work uh, when I read it. So that's probably my favorite book. Awesome. So how about the, you know, we've all been given advices throughout our lives. What is one thing you think might've been the worst piece of advice you've been given? I think the worst piece of advice that I've been given is that you just constantly have to hustle for the things that you want um, because that that's how we burn out. And, um, you know, kind of leads to the disease of busyness. And I, you know, volunteered for different things and, you know, made sure that I was, you know, attending all the things and doing all the things, but you really don't have to do all those things to be successful. And so, you know, I think that that kind of held me up for a couple of years, um, thinking that, I, you know, I had to constantly be in a hustler, I wasn't doing anything. It, it took me a long time to be okay with sitting still for a minute, not feeling like there were a million things I needed to be doing. Yes. And so the, my favorite question here, um, what is the best piece or most pivotal piece of advice that you think you've been given? So the best piece of advice um, that I've been given, and it's recent, and I cannot remember where I read it, but um, I think it was maybe I'm reading this book called The Journey from Abandonment to Healing. And she talks about this a lot about how you know, you take it a, a day at a time. That's how it's mostly, this book is mostly about relationships. But what was really profound to me in this book is that um, she said that tomorrow is always, you know, a new day and anything can happen. So, you know, you don't have to take today's stuff into the following day. And she used the illustration, you know, maybe like, if you've met your spouse, well, you didn't know your spouse the day before you met your spouse. And so anything can happen you know, in a day, even if you're struggling today, whatever you've been trying to manifest, whatever you're hoping for, it could be waiting for you tomorrow. And so that is very inspirational to me. And that kind of helps me get through if I'm, if I'm struggling um, from day to day. Yeah. I love that. That is awesome. So thanks all of you for tuning in today. We're just so excited that you have listened. Please leave us a review and we're going to drop all the Brooks 
websites in the notes where you can find her at MBL. I'm sure that all of you have found something reflected in Brooke's story that you can see in yourself. And I hope you've been inspired from that. We are just, again, so glad you've tuned in and we will see you later. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Shift Her Podcast. We are here to share stories that inspire so that you can create the life you love now. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review, share on social media, and tell us why it resonated with you. You can follow us on Facebook at ShiftHer, Instagram at ShiftHer.co, and read more about us at www.ShiftHer.co. While you're there, sign up for our High Vibe monthly newsletter, where we share even more inspiration and stories from our Mastermind program. Links from today's episode are in the show notes.